Welcome back to another Two Guys Golf podcast. This is Tyler. And this is Mike. Hopefully, people have listened to you confess your golfing soul already. <laughs> and they're now joining us on our part two of our golf therapy series. Yep. Where but, the roles reverse. Yes. So I'm now the therapist. Yes. So Michael will now be my therapist. And I will go through the same thing he went through and kind of discuss last year's golf, next year's golf, and so on and so forth. And so with that, I will, I'm going to turn it over to you, big fella. All right. Well, we're going to jump right in here. Um, we won't go through all the small talk and things like that. Um, obviously, how, how, how are you? I am, I am good. All right. That's it. No more small talk. <laughs> Um, I am paying by the hour. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, we got to get right to this. Um, I got more to do. So, um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. First off, we're we're gonna talk about your equipment. Um, so we'll we'll start it off by what's new in the bag for you from last season, like starting beginning of last season, twenty twenty two. Like what's new in the bag? Okay, so twenty twenty two. What was new was was the driver which you fitted to yourself which was the first time i fitted well so the sim sim i fit to myself in a kind of a a roundabout way Mm -hmm. using different things i found at maple hill and kind of going off a hunch at one point literally and i still have the shaft in the garage somewhere literally picking a shaft out of a bin googling what the stat like the specs of it were Mm. being like oh i think that'll work literally taking it home building it with a new adapter because it was a totally raw shaft it didn't have an adapter it didn't have a grip okay putting a grip on it putting an adapter on it bringing it back to like to maple hill putting different like putting the different tailor-made drivers on it finding one that i thought worked fitting myself to it, leaving that leaving that day, not buying it, and then buying the same driver just ahead on eBay. Okay. So that was how I built that driver. So replacing my driver last year in 2022 was was going to be a pretty big test for mm-hmm. me because I, I, I did really like the driver I built for myself. And I when I did, I think it took me six full weeks to fit myself into the stealth. Okay. From trying to change over from sim from from start to finish, I think I always wanted to, but couldn't figure out how to. And I still think the sim actually might have been faster. Okay. But the stealth spun so much less. Mm. So I was able to pick up quite a bit of distance and consistency with stealth because it it did spin less. And so I knew I knew how to find more fairways and curve the ball less because there was just less overall spin. So yep. less side spin, less back spin, and all that's gonna re, you know, kind of create a more consistent and straighter ball flight. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, so with that being said, I think that was what was probably mainly new. Three wood didn't change. Nope. Um Irons, 
I guess I've kind of gone back and forth with do I play more of a like a player's game improvement iron or more of like a blade? Mm-hmm. I think last year I went back to blade. I think I use those all year. Yep. So till right at the very end. Yeah, till right at the very end, and it was at a point I think I just it didn't really matter. I was just, I use them for all the competitive golf. Yep. I think I even put them back in the bag for something that we wanted to play that I was like, I cared about my score. I think I actually put them back in the bag. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was really towards the end of the year. Um, And then wedges have been the same for a few years. So really just, just the driver, I guess. Oh, the hybrid. Oh, yep. the hybrid. I totally forgot about the hybrid. The hybrid. And at one point you had two <clears throat> hybrids in the bag. That I did. That's right. Well, that's because the, the new stealth hybrid was... It's so good. Mm-hmm. I just could never. I just never could make it work in my bag setup. Like the other hybrid just works. It's a really special club to me. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, what's funny is I don't know why I didn't fit myself to it. I literally bought it off of eBay. I think I bought it off of eBay because Kevin Kisner has one. Mm, I'm okay. like almost certain he has the same golf club in his bag. And he said it was good, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, I don't know. Hybrids, for me. hybrids are cool. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think I didn't really have, like, a hybrid at that point. It was kind of like a, oh, let's see how this works. Like, instead of having a three iron, I'll have a three hybrid. And it's now been in my bag, I think, for two full seasons. hmm And has actually never come out of the bag. Yeah. I don't think I've ever not had that in since it's been in. It all goes back to that one time I hit it 260 at Muskegon when yeah. I, I was like, wait, I think we contemplated and I'm like, all right, it's 260. It's a little downwind. I'm not, I'm trying to just hit it to the corner of the green. That's going to be like the, the best place to make like a, the lowest score. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to hit three wood. Yep. Three wood was going to be too much. And also you needed to get the ball up. Yeah, and I, I just, I, it's definitely not my 260 club, but that day in that moment, I said, I'm going to hit this as hard as I can. And I probably hit what's my only perfect 10 out of 10 shot in U.S. Open qualifying, local qualifying history was that shot. And to this day, even on the bad days with that golf club, when I think about replacing it, I'm just like, I just don't trust anything else mm-hmm. quite the same. It's kind of old, reliable for you. It is. I just feel like even if I if I were to replace it, will I have another moment like that that creates the trust? Yep. Cause I almost never blame the hybrid when I hit it bad because I have the trust that I know what happens when I hit it good. Yep, and if I am not hitting it good, I'm probably just not playing very well, mm-hmm. and that correlates because I'm usually not hitting anything else very good either. So, yep, um, yeah, I don't think, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything for 2022. Oh, except for the one iron, the driving iron that uh, I put in two, play, three, like four iron. Yep, yeah, towards the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of a fun one. I I think I just didn't have. I didn't necessarily have all the clubs. I think I only was playing with 13 clubs. 
which some people do. Yeah, and then and Garrett that's totally fine. Garrett um Garrett experimented with his setup of using a a three iron head that was bent to two iron loft and it was four iron length and lie. So it has a lot less loft, but it's not long. It's mm. like more comfortable to hit. And I love it. So it doesn't do anything but go really low and straight and it has zero spin, but as long as you're pretty much only ever hitting it off the tee or never out of the rough, I never I still cannot figure out how to hit that golf club out of the rough. How many times do you think you saw me hit that golf club out of the rough last year? Or sorry, attempt to hit it out of the rough last year. Uh probably less than ten times if I had to how many, I had to guess. how many times did I get it out of the rough? <laughs> Maybe two. But even the two might not have been ideal or what you were trying to do with it. So it's just it's not a not a club I would ever suggest. Like if we're at the no. US Open qualifier and you're like, I th- I think I need to hit two, three, four irons, like, no. <laughs> do not take your seven iron, take your medicine, get it back in play. <laughs> hopefully that hopefully that won't happen. No, and there's not too much rough to speak no, of there that's either. No, it's like May. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, like the first Monday of May. Yep. Nothing was growing at that point. I, I don't think there's any trees on the, or leaves on the trees yet most of the time. No, not really. Um, Yeah, anyway, so I think that's, that's kind of what's new as far as equipment in my bag last year. Yeah, and um, just to touch base on what you said earlier about, you know, fitting yourself into the sim driver with no professional help, you literally just did it all by yourself. Would you say with the stealth driver, would you say you had professional help with that? Because you still did it pretty much by yourself. Yeah, I mean. But you yeah. have a different role. You have a second job, actually. Yeah, I mean, because now that I fit for TaylorMade on the side, definitely being able to go to, like, our events. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I did it. It was like, you know, it. It really did take six weeks before I was finally like, okay, I'm ready to order this. Yep. Because um, I was not just going to change for the sake of it. I really did love that sim driver. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did start, over the over the course of like hitting it, I did start to see the benefits of it. And once we were finally able to get outside, and I do remember we, we I did take... Um, I did have the opportunity to try it outside before I was able to order it. Mm-hmm. And that definitely helped me really seal like, you know, what, what to do. Okay. And I think too, the other thing was, is when I'm out at these events and we're inside and we're using TrackMan and I'm working with, you know, my colleague, John, who, who I'd like to think as a friend. I hope he thinks of me as a friend. I, I love John. John's a great guy to hang out with. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of bouncing ideas off each other, and he's watching me hit golf balls, you know, when we have breaks, and I'm trying to fit myself for the driver. Because I, I, I did intend to get the driver, because mm-hmm. I did think it was better. But it wasn't until I finally got to fit you, and then I also fit myself the same day, and I actually sit down and, like, spend an uninterrupted hour you know maybe a little more than an hour of like fitting myself for it 
And so the process doing that compared to doing it with Sim was definitely quite a bit different. I, I could legitimately use almost any shaft that was available. I could see the numbers. I could, you know, see how they correlated to on the course data because, you know, I could, I could try before I buy that kind yeah. of a thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I certainly think that the, the change from the sim to the stealth has definitely have seen a lot of improvement as we've played the past two seasons of just like hit the stealth really well. Now, the only thing for me with the stealth that I don't like is I can't hit it off the deck, but I'm cranked down quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I would I would stand strongly on the statement of the stealth driver is a fantastic driver in a lot of different ways. And, you know, it's it's fun. It's it's a fun club to hit. That's for sure. Um. So the next topic I wanted to bring up is your golf ball. Now, this mm. year you played almost exclusively the TP5X. I think that's right. I think maybe. I you've... think I played TP5 towards the beginning. No, yep. I think I played TP5X because I was used to it. Yep. And then I had the opportunity to play TP5 for a little bit, and mm -hmm. I wanted to do that because of wedges. Yep. It's a little softer. Um, I I like how soft it was with wedges, the TP5. Mm -hmm. But overall, TP5X is a better fit. I usually try to fit from driver down. Okay. And anytime I start to get a little too carried away with fitting a golf ball to myself with wedges. Like I actually, I love the bridge to one of the bridge snow balls I played for a while before I was doing tailor-made stuff. Mm -hmm. I love that golf ball, but it was so spinny with driver that I was being outdriven by like gentlemen that were in their seventies who could still like play good golf because mm -hmm. I'd hit it spinny and I'd hit it 260 or 270 and kind of pop it up, you know, and just have 4,000 RPMs of spin. But with wedges, I was wonderful because from 80 to 100 or 60 yards or anything like that, I really could spin it and control the distance well. Mm-hmm. But I also was using a different mindset when I was hitting those wedge shots of being more of like a, call it like an abstract painter. Like there was no real plan. Mm -hmm. It was, what is the end result? Well, the end result was I wanted it to be close. Yep. Where now I've kind of switched it from, it doesn't almost matter what golf ball, because... I don't try to do anything with... I, I just try to hit wedges certain numbers. Yep. There is not a... It's not goal-oriented or, like, result-based. Mm -hmm. It's process-based of... Let's use, like, a clock system or a feel system, even. It doesn't even need to be, like, super, like, numbered or structured. Yep. Like, this feels like it goes 70 yards, so let's just try to feel that as many times as possible when hitting 70-yard shots. Okay. And I think it's 
it's been a a wonderful like improvement to kind of play a golf ball that allows me to hit it well off the tee, but I don't I don't lose anything with like wedges, which has always been the the struggle for for years mm-hmm. is like trying to find the balance. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you don't have to speak to me directly on this, but I wanted to ask you um, for say a fifteen handicap. Would you suggest they always consistently play the same ball? Do you think that gives people an advantage over, um, say, like, well, I just, you know, I go out there and I find balls in the woods and I'll just, you know, play whatever because, you know, it is a much cheaper option than buying premium golf balls. But I can speak on my behalf of when I played the noodles, the noodle golf ball, Mm -hmm. it was like it's always consistent. I know exactly what they'll those balls are going to do and we were when we were trying to figure myself out on the tee i was playing the noodle easy straights which were extremely straight but i always knew like well these balls are really cheap they're not premium golf balls but they are fresh out of the box Mm -hmm. um and they're like they're my ball like i even created a polo that said noodle long and soft on it that's a great shirt i love Um, that shirt because i was so invested in just the brand itself of noodles. Cause I just, I love those balls. So would you suggest anybody playing golf as, you know, a scratch golfer that you are, would you recommend it to anybody? Mike, I would have a, one question. Mm-hmm. Are they, do they care about playing golf? Say they're trying to get better. Like say a 20 handicapper comes to you on the range and only wants to talk about golf balls. Like, Hey, what do you play? What do you recommend I play? Like, say you watch them swing like 10 times, you know. Um, Would you recommend that they play one specific ball? So to directly answer your question, yes. Okay. You should 1,000% play the same golf ball. Like, the same model of golf ball. Not even, like, sometimes people like, I always play Callaway's. It's like, yep. yeah, Callaway makes, like, over the last 20 years, Callaway's probably made a hundred different golf balls. Mm-hmm. That might be a little exaggerated, but they probably made 50. I they mean, make a lot from, you know, Warbird to X hot to super soft to super fast to super golf to super this and X that and hot this and Diablo mm-hmm. that. And <laughs> just like, this isn't a, this isn't a ricochet shot on Callaway. They, they make good stuff. And I actually do really like their Chrome soft golf balls but Mm -hmm. um you know you gotta you gotta know and so the biggest thing is is trying to understand you need to understand what about a golf ball makes it like good for you Mm -hmm. now if it was like a fitting it wouldn't i guess you wouldn't need to like you could just ask somebody they just tell you like but it is good to know. So, like, if you play the same golf ball, the same model golf ball, mm-hmm. and you no longer have, like, people don't realize that if they find a golf ball in the woods mm-hmm. and it's a noodle and they don't know that it's a two-piece ball that they you know, compared to the golf ball they were using prior to that was a Pro V1X, which is mm-hmm. a four-piece golf ball. And I won't go into that. It's just the amount of layers that are in the golf ball. Yep. Um, 
you know, they might have the pro pro v one pro v one x. They probably, you know, don't have a super fast swing speed. It adds a little bit more spin. It mm-hmm. goes into the woods. They find the noodle. They're like, ah, whatever. Now they go and they hit that golf ball into the green. They don't know that it's a golf ball that's going to spin way less. Mm-hmm. So it goes super low. They can't get it up in the air. It's around the greens. They're trying to. They have just played eight holes with Pro V One X <laughs> around the greens. They're not great. They're probably missed of those eight greens. They probably missed six. Yep. They've now got six chip shots with Pro V One X, four piece golf ball. Maybe they're they're probably decent at golf, right? They're like mm-hmm. a fifteen handicap. Yep. Now they've they've got like the spinny golf ball. They're like, oh, I, like this is really good around the greens. It feels nice and whatever. They get to their ninth hole. They now have a noodle. They chip and hit it twenty feet past the hole mm-hmm. because it's a two piece golf ball. It has zero spin. It doesn't. It's it's not going to spin. It's going to be. They're going to hit it the same way they hit the Pro V1X, and, you know, it's it's just not going to have the same results. And, and they're not going to know, if they don't know why, they're, well, it's my fault. It's like, it wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. It's not. You're just, you're hurting yourself by, and I, I recognize that not everybody's as, maybe as fortunate as we are to be able to, you know, play, you know, the same golf ball all the time. Yeah, but if, you know, say you're a, 15 handicap, you're a young kid, you're trying to get into golf, like Google is free. Yep. And if it, it, at the end of the day, sometimes stuff takes just a little hard work. And if you've got two, three dozen golf balls you found on the golf course, you can simply clean them. Google what each of them is. Mm -hmm. Compile all your three piece golf balls into a bucket, compile your four piece golf balls into a bucket Get rid of any of the ones that say two piece because nobody should be playing those. Those are just they're they're good to get the golf ball around the course. If you want to have fun, you can use literally anything. Yep. But I would not uh, necessarily recommend them for almost anybody. They're just it's mainly around the greens. Your performance around the greens needs to be if you're going to get better at golf. That that's what matters. Yep. Mm, at first. Once you get like decent at that, then you need to start looking at like, well, how much farther can I hit it? And you need to hit more greens. But there's like levels. Like most people are going to find they can save the most strokes around the greens at first, going okay. from a twenty to a fifteen. Mm-hmm. So, and a, and a lot of that starts with the like you said, the same golf ball. You need to you need to know what you're hitting, and I think that probably goes overlooked far too often. Yeah, I would agree because, I mean, we play with some people that just, you know, they don't really care. And, you know, it's it's frustrating because it's like I played the tour response all year this year, like the TaylorMade tour response, either the stripe or just the classic white look to it. Um, And it was just it was nice knowing that I know what the ball's going to do, so I don't have to think about it. You know, same thing when I was hitting noodles, you know, in 2021, it was just like, yeah, I know what this ball is going to do every time. Like, as long as I strike it well, it's going to do this. Um, So, yeah, I I would agree. Um, I won't go into too much depth, but I would agree that playing the same ball, no matter what it is, as long as it's it benefits you and it doesn't hurt you in a way of like 
well, don't hit a spinning ball if, you know, you have trouble controlling spin. But if yeah. you're, yeah. like, really good with, like, wedges and driver and things like that where you want to manipulate spin, like, then, yeah, you should be playing a spinnier golf ball. Yeah. Um, it's just as important as, like, getting fitted for irons or a putter or a driver, you know. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would say that having the same golf ball, huge advantage on the course. Um, 100%. So, we'll talk a little bit about your golf game now, um, as you kind of broke mine down a little bit. And I would say that you're, you're, um, one of your biggest flaws on the golf course would be driver. Now, sometimes you can get a little left or a little right. And I've, I've talked to you about that before of like, we normally review your round of golf after we play like 18 yeah. holes, just cause you're trying to prepare yourself for the next round, which might be a tournament. Yeah. Um, so I usually give you like a scale of one to 10 or like a rating, like sure. a grade of like A, B, C, D, E um, of like what you did with irons that day, wedges, you know, all through the bag. Um, and I would say that driver can sometimes get a little bit out of hand sometimes. Yeah, it um, certainly can. Because you, you hit the ball very far. Um, now with length comes, you know, accuracy misses sometimes i don't hit the ball very far and i'm usually very accurate which plays into why you know sometimes i can be a 12 handicap sometimes i can be a 20 mm. normally depends on how well i'm putting and also how well i'm hitting driver that day yeah. um so what do you think with driver um what do you think you could do better in terms of being more consistent well i'll tell you and it was more towards the end of last year mm-hmm. is going back to some of the, some of the feels I had when I've driven the golf ball the best. Mm-hmm. And that's generally hitting a go golf ball that curves from left to right. Mm. Yep. Um, I think I kind of went away from that at times due to spin and distance. Okay. You, you can hit it farther sometimes if you hit a, a draw or a golf mm-hmm. ball that goes from right to left. Yep. Because it, it will result in less spin. Mm-hmm. And you can generally pass your hands through the golf, like through impact faster. So you're going to swing it a little faster. And the problem is, is it's, it, it can be harder to control because drivers don't, they don't draw anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, so you can get a little, like an old golf coach told me, like the pendulum thing that I've told you, you know, you get a little too, you get a little too hooky. You need to start hitting slices to get back to neutral. And then you start hitting too many fades and you get a little bit too far to the right. So you got to try to feel like you're hitting draws again. And honestly, I think there's, there's a stigma in my head, a personal stigma of like fades don't go very far. Mm-hmm. because when I first started playing golf, I was very over the top and spinny and just not knowing what I'm doing. Like I didn't, didn't learn to play golf the same way like other people did. Mm-hmm. So in order to hit fairways, you do generally like you hit a cut, you hit a slice, you know, when you're young, you, you figure it out. Yep. You aim left and hit it right. 
as I started playing more competitive golf and playing with more people, like the intent was to like try to figure out how to hit more draws, stop being over the top and hit more draws. And it worked in the sense that I definitely hit it farther. Mm-hmm. Remember I had a tournament at Kent Country Club. Gosh, this was, oh my gosh, it was so many years ago. But I think for like, I think I only missed maybe two or three fairways all day. And I hit a draw all day. Okay. And I was pounding it. But with that being said, every time maybe other than that, that I've I've hit fades off the tee, I'm always in play. And now that I have maybe clubs like the driver now is, is so low spinning mm-hmm. that I can hit a fade and still keep my spin numbers down and hit it plenty far. Yep. I'd also say in the past, and, and, and you you can speak to this as, as my golf therapist today, I definitely saw more curve with driver off the tee. Mm-hmm. And then as I've gotten better, I've tried to literally just like see the golf ball going straight. So hitting it left to right means like by maybe it curves 15, like 15 feet, you know, where it goes relatively straight. Where before, Lola, you're so distracting. <laughs> Two podcasts in a row. It's out here wild. We both just were trying to do that very straight face in the middle of this. As you need to lay down. And she snuck a kiss on me. What was that? You were just literally laying there. Very nice. Sleeping. And then you got up and decided to bother him. I want a therapist too. You're, you're such a you're such a goofy dog. Anyways, um, yeah. So, and, and so, and I think just to con- I think we actually talked about this in a little bit of like a postseason recap of with drivers like to literally like pick a good target, make a very repeatable swing, and find the middle of the club face. Which, boy, as I say that out loud, sounds like the like, most simple, dumbest thing to say. Like, oh, pick good targets, hit the middle of the face, and like make a repeatable swing. Like, yeah, it's yeah, super easy. Mm-hmm. Like, if everybody could do that, everybody just be on tour. It's like, yep, yeah, but I don't know. That's really the way I think about it. Is like, I can feel like the things that help me do that. So, like, feeling like my chest moves up and to the left while my hands like release like at the same time and it all flows into the back of my left heel Mm. while my right foot stays generally planted and I don't get too much on my toe. Okay. Until I'm all the way through on my follow through, and then I'll like let my foot come all the way up. Okay. My right foot. So, like, see, now I say that, it sounds like kind of complicated, but like I can feel that repeatedly. And I think 
doing that can kind of take away that um, variability that I think you're you're bringing up about like being too left or too right is. Mm-hmm. I think I can kind of get away from that if I can just continue down this line that I was kind of from maybe August until kind of the end of the year. I think I got better okay. at just kind of hitting fades more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, because as I, as I think about some tournaments I've caddied for you, I think one of the biggest things, there's generally two things that are like concerning as a caddy for you would be driver because you can hit the ball so hard and so far. Sometimes I don't know where it's going to go. So that can be a little bit of like, oh boy, I hope he puts this in the fairway. But also with wedges, specifically at the U.S. Open. But we've kind of got, we have a game plan with wedges now. Like we do a brand new wedge with like super clean grooves. Yes, like should give yeah, you more yeah. of an advantage around yeah. the greens. Like a weak, oh, like a weak old wedge instead of eighteen months old. Yeah, God, yeah. that's such a bad mistake that year. <laughs> so, <sighs> yeah, um, it's like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. That's totally fine, no problem. Yeah, so we uh we dabbled into some of my you know golf flaws and things like that. So you know, I thought maybe we'd talk a little bit about driver and. You know, things that you want to improve on and how you're going to do it and things like yeah. that. So, um, It's great to reflect on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll get into the why and the why nots. Now. Okay. okay. Um, so I actually had two that I thought of. Um, one is the very obvious one, which would be this upcoming U.S. Open local qualifier. Yes. Why will you get through that round? Um, not only get through the round, but make it to the next qualifier. You want to know? You want to know something funny? Mm-hmm. This really is like a therapy session, and I'm hoping this will help. I, I think that's part of the intent. I had this idea to do this probably weeks ago. Okay. And <laughs> you asking me why will you get through? Mm-hmm. I think was actually like the genesis of why I wanted to talk about this. Okay. And I'm giving you this story because even weeks later, I'm not sure I know why I will get through. Okay. And I guess I can do the very obvious thing of saying like, well, I will get through if I put a legitimate round of golf together. Mm -hmm. Like it takes about, I will say if you shoot even, you got a chance and if you if you shoot one under, you've got a mega chance. And oh mean, gosh, anything anything past like one under, like you're like you're in. Yep. I mean, yep. so I uh, so so to try to answer your question the the best I can, and maybe I'm I really am hoping this will help. But why will I would be I will. Off the tee, I'll pick good targets. Mm-hmm. And then I will execute a very repeatable swing. And then I will I will make a lot more putts. Okay. And I'll get up and down more. And part of that, and that sounds very simple, but in the end, what it, I think it really comes down to is like believing that you can do all of those things for 18 straight holes, mm-hmm. which 
historically has been a a problem for me in all but a few tournaments mm-hmm. is I'm definitely getting better at it now. I mean, I definitely feel a little more um, confident in who I am as a golfer. Okay. Maybe even as a man. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm older now. It doesn't feel so much like life or death anymore. Mm. It feels more like I, I really just want to get through because it, it doesn't. It used to mean like, oh, well, you're going to go to the U.S. Open, like with sectional qualifying, and then obviously you get through. If you get through, you go to the U.S. Open, but like, which I always thought would be really cool. Mm-hmm. And it like felt like a big deal. And now I go and I just think, like, oh, I just think this is really fun to do. Yeah. Like, if you get through, like, awesome and i legitimately i legitimately wouldn't go if i didn't think i could mm-hmm. and so i think I've, I've obviously seen myself hit the shots and i've seen myself put the ball and do all these things that like shooting one under par at the u.s open it could happen yep i've still to this day i think played 10 rounds of golf there never lost a golf ball so it's not a very penal golf course. You no, can literally hit it anywhere on. I mean, there are certain holes like twelve at Muskegon. You can literally hit it four thousand yards left, and you will find that golf ball. Mm-hmm. Like there, there is obviously being hyperbolic, but like you just all you can't do in the holes hit it right. Yep, you literally just can't hit it right. If you hit it right, you're you're screwed, mm-hmm. but you can hit it left. And I think sometimes it really does come down to like, oh gosh, there's, <laughs> where was that? It was at Moss Ridge um, where I, well, I still found that golf ball and made par on that hole, but only because I hit a out of bounds stake that was two inches wide mm. in the air with the driver. And the golf ball bounced out into the into the right into the left rough. If I don't, if it doesn't hit that, it's OB, and I, I do not make par. Yep. So, with that being said, like that hole, for example, you cannot miss it ten yards left. But there's a, literally an entire golf course to the right mm-hmm. that you can miss it. And sometimes golf really is that simple. You step up on the tee and you pick a target and you. You set up to say, this, I'm going to hit the fairway here, but at the very least, this, it won't go left. Mm-hmm. And I've become very, very good at that. Of like, you know, how to how to manage my golf game when it's not feeling super great. Of like, no, look, man, you can miss this right as far as you want. It There's nothing wrong with hitting this 270, and it's a big, you know, fade to the right and, you know, whatever. You know, you have to be, and so to more directly answer your question is like, why will I make it? Is like, I'll be okay with playing that way, mm-hmm. to having no ego, to saying like, no, the ball just needs to go in the hole by the end in the least amount of strokes compared to the other 80 people here. Yeah. Like you need to be in the top four. Mm-hmm. So your golf ball needs to go in the hole like one less time than 76 other people. Yep. And... That's a, 
it's an exciting thing, but and as I say it, it does make a lot of sense and certainly feel it could be possible. But, you know, it's just believing the why will you do it part is probably the hard part. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of, it kind of, it's kind of a reflection of like what I said with like, why will you break 80? It's like believing in yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and vice versa. Why won't you? It's the emotions. Yeah. It's like knowing that I'm about to, like I have three holes to go and all I have to do is just like bogey each of them. And then like I hit a ball out of bounds. Can't find it. Have to drop. Well, now I'm frustrated. Now I have to hit from someplace I didn't want to hit from. And I, you know, you know, make a silly mistake. And, you know, now I'm behind the eight ball essentially and got to figure it out. So, so are are you asking me then why won't I? Yep, that will be, be the um, the next question. So what's interesting to hear you say about why won't you is I actually think is different than mine mm-hmm. in the sense that like I have no fear with three holes to go. Like if I have a chance, yep. If I'm in the hunt to be like I know where I stand and three holes to go, like hey, you need to play these holes in. Even or one under, mm-hmm. I have no fear in that. Like, because if I have, I've now played fifteen holes to get me here. Yep. Playing three more, that doesn't that 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 seems fine. That seems not easy, but it seems like it would be like, well, what's three more holes? You've already done fifteen, and I can recall back on like, you know. Uh, Lansing Country Club, 2019. Like, needing to make, I think I I needed to make birdie on the last hole to win. I didn't, I don't think I knew this I at the time necessarily. Because I wasn't going to finish last. I was going to finish second last mm, okay. in that tournament. So, I was near the lead. And it was a shotgun, so we're all at the same time, but. I knew where he was on. He was teeing off on his last hole mm-hmm. when I was like about to like, I was, I think I was going up the fairway and I, I hit, I had a great drive. I ended up coming short on the second shot and I had to get up and down for par. And I knew I had to make that for, it was like eight footer for par. I knew I had to make it to probably get into a playoff. And I, And I buried it. And Pilgrim's Run 2019, like, I knew I had to birdie the last hole to win. So I hit it out in the fairway, not the fairway, fairway bunker, which wasn't really a mistake, but it was like 275 to the bunker, and it was like 50 degrees and raining and just, mm. just dust. It was disgusting, and I just didn't think I could hit it that far because of the conditions. And it was in there, and that was fine, and I stepped up, and I hit it to six feet, and I knew I had to make the putt to win, and I and I, and I I made it, and I won. And so I can think back on a lot of those things of just like, that doesn't concern me. Mm-hmm. What concerns me is the why won't you is I won't work hard enough to have my skill level be high enough to put myself in the position 
to have a chance. Okay. Getting in the position is going to be harder than being in the position. I, I have a lot of belief once I'm in that position. It's the the moment in the round where like your skill level just doesn't feel high enough to, you know, like your skill level doesn't feel high enough to keep you in it. You feel like you're just kind of, you're like stringing it together. You're kind of like, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? Yep. Like I'm, I'm one over now is my skill level. And I've felt this before lots of times of like, if you're three over par after eight holes, is your skill level high enough to get you back to even over the last, what's that? 10 holes. Mm Mm-hmm. Or is your skill level good enough just to keep you at three over par? Or are you kidding yourself and your skill level is actually like you're going to end up like six over par? Mm, okay. And I can I can speak to that a lot of the why won't you is simply because my skill level is not as high as my belief level. Mm-hmm. And I can be very honest about that, which is why I'm trying to be more a little more deliberate with how I practice. I used to practice, gosh, hours and hours and hours and hours a week. And I got to a point where like that just wasn't doing anything. Like I gaining anything. Yeah. I go to the range and hit golf balls. And at the end of the day, like how many eight irons can you hit around 163 yards? Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like, if your body stays the same and your swing mechanics stay the same and your speed stays the same, as long as you're finding the middle of the face, the golf ball will continue to go around 163 yards. That's not a, not actually as hard as people think, Mm -hmm. but like the rest of the stuff that like, you just kind of like probably should practice short game more Mm. instead of being a little like trying to find ways to, how can I get it to be better in 30 minutes rather than feeling like I need to spend four hours, which As an adult, I do not have anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I don't want to make the time to have four hours to go to the range and practice my short game. Yep, I find it to be boring. I don't get a ton out of it. I, I'll spend forty minutes because I feel like I can get forty minutes out. Like I can get a lot out of forty minutes, but at the end of the day, I need to find better ways to, to continue to elevate it, not just stay the same. And I think that's probably speaking to the skill level thing of why won't I is just trying to find ways to get that skill level to be higher. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, so the next, the next one, you asked me one, which was break 80, mm-hmm. you know, why will you, why won't no, you're you throw me for a little loop here with two? Yeah. I, uh, I had a second one that I thought of. Um, it was kind of a throwback to one of our other podcast episodes of, um golf week amateur tour Mm. you want to um you want to be in the hunt this year you want to actually like focus on like points yep um to be you know obviously you know you're just trying to get to number one yeah two sucks three is worse (laughs) um you know so you're you're on on a new quest um to be the points leader in the what was it? Mich- Champ flight? Uh, yeah, Champ flight. Champ flight. Yep. For the Golf Week Am Tour um, in West Michigan, specifically. Um, I'd low key love to like do like have the most points in both tours, but the East and the West. But I don't. I don't think I could play enough East events. 
Yeah. But I could just tell myself, like, if I just had more points than the other guy, like, that counts in my head. Yeah. I don't think it actually counts. I don't actually think you can... No, you could, but I'd have to play, like, an... E- I'd have to play, like, like a lot of events. I just... I'm not going to go across the state to do that, but anyways. Yep. So, yeah. Um, with that being said, for that that goal for next year, why will you? Well, thank you for this. This is certainly going to be a lot less uh, emotionally charged. <laughs> uh, it's more of a fun thing. Yep. Um, a lot less history of failing with this one because I've, I've never failed. This. See, that's a underrated aspect. I've never failed this goal yet. Yep. I've never really cared about this, but I, I now care a little bit and I think it would be really cool. So uh why will I is you know, I'm gonna be honest, a little getting a little lucky when we because the golf game tour is nice. You you can play competitive golf at golf courses that you generally wouldn't be able to get on or mm, yep. it's kind of a, a pain to get on because yep. they're usually more exclusive. Uh, like Stoughton Bray, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, just a hard golf course to get on. I mean, it still costs. It still costs what it costs when you go play it in the Golf Week Am Tour, but it's set up by the tour to be on a specific day, and it's well in advance, so you can kind of plan your life around it. Mm-hmm. Michelle does a, a wonderful job getting the schedule like set really, really. Early. I would not be surprised if there was already some events on the schedule right now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, anyways, in short, to why will I just be get a little lucky going to the new courses and having relatively benign conditions? Mm-hmm. Always easier to play a new course when it's not very windy or it's not raining. Um, and then I, I would say playing smarter in golf week amateur events. Okay. If if I need to really um compartmentalize the idea of like West Michigan AM, like West Michigan Golf Association, USGA, uh, Golf Association of Michigan events. These are events that are not flighted. Mm-hmm. They are, they are, you know, in, in West Michigan, the best of the best. There are some really, really, really good scores, some really good golfers, and it's, it's a joy to plan them. At the end of the day, if you want to win the Kent County M, that's like three rounds, you will probably need to shoot somewhere around five to six under par, you know, to have a chance at the end of round three. Mm-hmm. Um, that, of course, is that that speaks to the skill level. I same idea that you know your skill level needs to be there. You need to be able to shoot two, three under in a round of golf in a in a tournament. Golf game tour is a little different. It's not as competitive. In a sense, like people still can go out there and shoot great scores. They're still great golfers, but the uh, you're not doing as much. Like it's 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 a little more laid back. You're in carts, and some of those guys, I, I see them only a few times a year. But I I truly I enjoy hanging out with them. You mm-hmm. know, Justin and Matt and Cody and even Josh Josh Lang. I, yeah. I have a lot of respect for Josh Lang. He's a, he's a good golfer. He doesn't miss a lot of fairways, but. I just, you know, he beat me that one time and I don't like that. So, um, yeah, so, so to say that, just, just playing smart, mm-hmm. getting a little lucky, being really deliberate with like, hey, like you can, you can like seriously make like eight pars in a row here. Like you don't, that's fine. Yep. 
which sometimes you just get a little ahead of yourself. You just don't you don't think it through enough. Mm-hmm. And where like when you go to the Kent County Am, it's different. You're you're you get really locked in, and I don't want to say I try not as hard in golf weeks up. I feel like I try consistently the same amount whenever I play competitive golf. Mm-hmm. But there is a little bit of a you just gotta have a mindset shift. You yep. can legitimately shoot 74, 75 and win those events. Mm-hmm. And th- there is, look, would it be great to shoot 67 and win by 10? Sure. Yeah. Like you're literally going to get the same amount of points. Yep. And so I, I think there's, I think there's that. I think that's probably why I will just playing smart and, and recognizing that in those events, my skill level is there already. Mm-hmm. I've shot lots of good rounds in those. I've yep. won one, tied for second and another, solo second and another, solo second and another, although we all played really bad that day. But, um, and are you, are you smiling over there laughing at my, when I say solo second so many times in a row? Yeah, it's not very nice. Yeah, it's, it's time to, time to change that. I know. Get some T1s. I know. They're not even T1, solo ones. I know. Freaking second place. Head cover cup, golf week game tour, just Moss Ridge Stroke Belly tournament that still sits on my desk as a reminder of my failure. But we can get to another podcast. I should tell the whole story of that. Yeah. How do you think that'd be good? That's a good story for sure. Like the whole two day event because it was it's kind of a story. Yeah. It legitimately is. That was the first tournament my wife like was like the whole, there the whole time, which was cool for me. Because I yeah. wasn't able to be there, but she was filling me in on like yeah. what was happening. She was like blowing my phone up, which was cool. It was like, you know, she's like, oh my God, like Tyler just hit a one in a million shot. He said he just hit an out of bounds stake and it bounced back into the fairway. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like, dang it. That was so I want to cool. be out there. That I want to be so watching cool. you. You know, we're, we're going to do a whole deep dive on that. I, okay. I think I, I will, we'll put something together. We'll put an agenda together. We'll, I think that's worth documenting, like what happened mm-hmm. those two days in September of 2022 at Moss yeah. Rose Golf Course, <sighs> site of my greatest failure. Anyways, um, where were we? I think you're probably about to ask me why won't I? Yeah, yeah. Which it's, it's probably fairly self-explanatory. A, of like, this is going to sound terrible. If you don't play very many, if events, I don't play very many events. I probably will not. You will not win the points because most of those guys play Mo- the majority. And I will say if I show up and play most of the events, I think I'm probably going to have a pretty good shot, yep. which sounds really bad. Like you still got to play the golf, but sure. I, I do believe that. I mean, it's not, and there's an aspect to like playing in the Kent County Am where like you are walking or like us open, like you're walking and it just, it adds a different element. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you get into a cart and you're hanging out with a couple guys and you're having fun and you've known them for years, like, there's just a lot, like, it's a lot easier to shoot 72. And I have no problem saying that, and I truly, truly believe it. Mm-hmm. So why won't I is not playing smart, trying too many bad shots, trying to, like, think about what would be really cool to shoot today mm-hmm. instead of just shooting... Whatever is one less than the next guy. Yep. Which comes from a whole like growing up with like Tiger Woods and 
you know, like the Kobe Bryants of the world, and like that was our generation of like winning by one is like yeah, but like winning by ten is like that's way better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I'm an adult now. I am not Tiger Woods. I yep. will not be Tiger Woods. I am. I am going to be Tyler, mm-hmm. and I am okay. Tyler is okay with winning by one. Yep, because yep. that's totally fine. I I just want to go out there and and play the best that I can, and mm-hmm. um, I I just that's probably why I won't is just not being smart enough and 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 just not playing enough events, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, so I guess that just leads me to the very last question, which is, you know, the same question you asked me of, in one word, describe how you're feeling towards next golf season. One word. That's all you gave me, so that's all I'm going to give you. You know, it's funny as I knew I knew you were going to ask me, and I, I still haven't come up with one. Um, hmm. One word... Describe next season would be is opportunistic a word that I can use for this? Sure. Okay. And you just you described your word a little bit. So I'll describe my word a little bit. Mm-hmm. I I really appreciate the opportunities I have to play and everything. Like, rec- like I've recognized now for a couple of years, like, this is not, like, a normal thing that I get to do. Yep. Like, go to the U.S. Open qualifying or talking about having the opportunity to lead a points series thing and, like, win that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some, some people just want to just literally play golf and literally not lose a golf ball, like, for one hole. Like, that'd be great. Like, and so I, I feeling very opportunistic, like in a good way. Like I feel very good about like, I really appreciate the opportunity to just play golf the way I, I play golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was not the word I thought you were going to use, but it's a great one. What you word did you think I was going to use? Um, I thought you were going to try to lump off me a little bit of like. Say excited. Not excited, but I thought you were going to use a similar word. Um, but no, that's great. I think that's that's fantastic. You know, to be able to recognize, like, like we've talked about it before, of like, I think it's cool just to be at the U.S. Open yeah. qualifier. Like, and you're like, that's that's a way of thinking. I've never thought of that before. Of just like, you know, how cool is it that I'm here and I get to like participate in this event? Yeah, that, that literally changed my life. The the year you said that. Yeah, I just I had never to that point walked up to the range at Muskegon and thought like this is really cool. Yeah, I thought like, all right, let's let's go win this. Yep. At oh my god, I should probably tell that story too. The first time I ever did that, which was not with you in another podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's just you know maybe I'll put that on the burner to mm-hmm. to do again someday. I feel like I have a lot of golf stories I could probably yep. tell, but yeah, they're like I'll, fishing stories. I'll I'll tease that story with <laughs> on like the sixteenth hole of that day, I was telling Tristan, Yeah, I realize now that if I had won this today, it would have been my ninth tournament I'd ever played in my life. Hmm. 
And I thought I could win the U.S. Open local qualifying as the ninth golf tournament I ever I ever played in my life. Hmm. Like looking back, like now I've played. I mean, I it's uncountable at this point. Like, yeah, that was not going to happen. I didn't know that. I really believed teeing off. Like, oh, sure, for sure, I got a chance today. Yep. If I just put my mind to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just was not the case. Manifest so. it. <laughs> yeah, that was not the case. That is not how golf works, unfortunately. Anybody looking for a tip at home? Golf is not like other sports. You cannot will it into existence. Mm-hmm. It, it legitimately has to come over time. Yep. No matter what Tiger Woods tells you, it is not like basketball where you get a hundred chances to shoot the golf ball or the basketball in a game. Mm-hmm. Like you miss a layup, you go back down to the other end, get a rebound. You can literally try the same layup again. Yep. An 82-yard wedge shot on the 14th hole, after you hit it, it is now gone. Yep. Literally forever, you will never hit that golf shot again. Mm-hmm. You might hit a similar 82-yard wedge shot on that same hole another time, but it will never be the same as the first one. Nope. And that's something that took me a good chunk of years to realize. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that a little longer of a tease there, but... I think that that could be a, a decent story, the the run up to that one and maybe a few other I got in my mind. But Yeah. Anyways, I uh appreciate you being my golf therapist today. That yeah, was uh of course. That was fun. Yeah, it's good to talk through some things and you know again, appreciate you being vulnerable as well as I kinda yeah. attack your golf game. Yeah, that's no problem. You know. Ask you some hard questions. So Yeah. Well, I'm not sure what we'll talk about next time. I've got a few things in the idea idea chamber mm-hmm. slash my notes on my phone. Yep. And possibly some feedback from some um, dedicated listeners. Absolutely. We are listening, hearing mm-hmm. um, what you're saying, and we're trying to incorporate more of your ideas and suggestions and, you know, just overall feedback into, you know, podcasts as we continue to make these because, like you said, you said earlier today while we were on the phone, it's like a top five thing for you right now. It's just to sit down and make a podcast. And really all we're doing is just kind of do, we're just talking. It's mm-hmm. a little scripted, but for the most part, we're just talking as if we were just on the phone. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. It definitely is a top five enjoyment thing that I do currently. Yeah. So very fun. Well, anyways, we will, uh, we will catch all of our listeners next time. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. And we'll talk with you guys soon.